Perfect Stranglers contains graphic and explicit content suitable for mature listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I just... (laughs) Hi, Stranglers. I really wanted to start this off by saying good morning, San Francisco, like Danny Tanner. Oh. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, on Rebecca, show, Rebecca Donaldson. Yeah, on his show, Wake Up San Francisco. Yes, Lori Laughlin, the one who has um, a very privileged daughter and got into Harvard or whatever because of the college admission scandal. Yeah, there's like a documentary mm-hmm. or something about that, but I just, I it yeah, seems too boring. I think Nicole and I have, I think Nicole and I have both watched. Did it. you? Was it boring? And it was. Yes, you know what? It was weird. You know why it was weird? Now, okay, jogging my memory. Um, It was weird because they had audio recordings of things that happened, but they had actors mouthing the audio recording, so it looks like the actors were speaking, but it was really the actual people who did all this stuff speaking. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's how they did it. It was weird. Huh. Um, I don't know Mm -hmm. if we talked about this before, um, a documentary on Hulu called Dead Asleep. I don't know. And Nicole recommended that we watch something on um, uh, the ID channel and Discovery Plus, too. She has good recommendations, usually. Okay. But what is your thing? It's a uh, 20-something-year-old guy who is who murders his bet- girl best friend and roommate and is uh, he says he was sleepwalking and doesn't remember any of it. And he did have a history of sleepwalking when he was younger and stuff like that. But anyway, it's... Was that in Canada? No. It was between Pennsylvania and Florida. And um, it's just... It's not like a series or anything. It's called Dead Asleep and it's like a documentary, like an hour and a half documentary about this guy using Mm -hmm. sleepwalking as a defense for murder pretty interesting and did it work Mm, spoiler it did not work it has i it has worked i think in cases past because they use those cases as precedent but in his case they it didn't Mm -hmm. i think there's one in canada a um throwback to last week uh that there was a sleepwalking case and it worked the defense worked Mm -hmm. kind of want to do that one yeah kind of want to do that one i'm doing two cases next week so maybe i'll put sleepwalking case in maybe i'll do that one next week yeah sorry now i'm like looking okay yeah anyway could you imagine have you seen the woman you're you're on tiktok right mm, rarely TikTok? i mean yeah I, rarely yeah okay yes you, you've scrolled before through the old yeah. tiktok okay so there's a woman on there who if she eats certain things, it triggers really bad and really weird sleepwalking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silly yeah. spooky boo. Yes, yes. And she does it to herself. Like, she knows what she eats to trigger it. And she records all of the weird yeah. shit that happens to her. Yes. And I'm just waiting for one time something really bad to happen. You know? Oh, yeah. Because it's bound to happen. Whether she yeah. does something bad, she gets really hurt. Something like that. It, like, it terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies yeah, me. Yeah, no, that's why I feel really bad for her husband. Like, you know, like, they have cameras and stuff all over their house. 
Yes. Because of this. And Mm -hmm. like when she like went outside, there's one she went outside and she was like throwing like canned goods onto the lawn or something like that. Like she was, she was dreaming that she was like feeding ducks or something. But like if she, she said, I think one time she said that she took her clothes off and she was like behind a store by a dumpster or something. And she like (sighs) grabbed a cardboard box to cover herself up or something like that i i can't remember I, there was like a story of one of hers that was something like that oh but my like god. yeah it could be very dangerous oh my god i could not even imagine i could not imagine having that be something that i do or if like something my daughter did i just could not mm-hmm. i'd be terrified you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like having to have a security system, not because someone's going to intrude, but because you might extrude your house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just wild to me. That and night terrors are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sleep paralysis. Did I ever tell you the time I saw Anthony get sleep paralysis? No. Oh my God. It was really scary. We had, I think we had just had Everly. We were both quite sleep deprived. He, this was when uh-huh. we lived in lacrosse. He was sleeping on the couch middle of the day and I, he didn't have a blanket on or anything. And I look over and I see his head twitching in like weird exorcist type ways. And he's twitching mm-hmm. and his arms are like up, but they're like twitching. And he's like talking about like, get away, get off that type of thing. And I start seeing his eyes flutter and all of a sudden the talking stops and his body really goes completely rigid in his, it, it's like his body was convulsing, but his neck was turning and his mouth was open, but all he could do is go as his oh mouth was open and it was like shuddering. It was like his jaw was moving up and down and his eyes were going everywhere and his head was moving and his body was shaking. Like his arms were moving weird. It literally looked like he oh was possessed. God. Like a seizure or something. Kind of, yeah. Did you try and wake him up? I sat there for a minute to see what was going on. And then I remembered yeah. he gets sleep paralysis sometimes. Uh. And he used to get night terrors when he was a kid. He once told me a story, though, that he had a really bad night terror. And he had a white dream catcher. Like a dream catcher with white feather- feathers above his bed. His dad put it there. Uh. And um, when he had this night terror, the specific one, he was screaming or whatever. His dad walked in. Anthony shot up. His body just shot up. His eyes were all black. His pupils were so dilated. His eyes were pitch black. And he has blue eyes. So that's very noticeable. And then the dream catcher the next morning, the feathers were black. Shut up. But I, in my logical mind, I'm like, one, you just opened your eyes from the dark. Of course, your pupils were dilated. Two, of course you sat up, you freaked out. And three, I don't think they actively looked at that dream catcher. And that house was dirty, and I think it just had dust on it. And the last time they actively, like, remembered to look at it, it was white. They, You know how you see something on your wall over and over again, you forget about it? Yeah. I think that they're like, oh my god, I wonder if the dream catcher did anything, because you just had a really bad night terror. And they look over at it, and it's dark, and it's like it's full of dust, but they associate it with a night terror, because they haven't actively, like, paid attention to it in a while. Is what yeah. I think happened. That's weird. In my logical brain. But um, 
Yeah, so I did end up waking him up because uh, I was freaking out and I had Everly. And yeah. I was like, did you just? He's like, I just had sleep paralysis. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Oh. It was scary. Did he say like what he was dreaming about or anything? Or like if he was like trying to scream in his dream or something? I think he was trying to talk or scream, but he couldn't get anything out. Other than that, I don't yeah. really remember. I don't remember, really remember. He also can do lucid dreaming, I guess. Hmm. Um, for a guy who is doesn't really believe in the paranormal, he can do a, he does a lot of weird shit happens when he dreams every once in a while. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Should we get into the case, the goal case here? Yeah, Oof, except we I'll, didn't do housework. housekeeping. Yeah, housework. Hi, stranglers. Thank you for listening on this beautiful day that you're listening on. Um, also, who are you guys that listen at midnight? Because by the time I wake up at 6 a.m., we already have, like, a good chunk of listens. And are there some third shift warriors out there listening to us? Because thank you. Um, or maybe they automatically download Yeah, like... It. I don't know what happens. Maybe some people from the brewery. Maybe you should get some of these brewery people <gasps> okay, so... that you know now. <laughs> I should get some of these brewery people listening. A uh, few of them know because, that I do this and they're like, no, thank you. Yeah. Because they're all like white men who are scared of women who listen to a true crime because they're, you know, little bitches. They're like, yeah. no, thank you. Why do you well, talk about that? And I'm like, really? Why do I talk about it? So that I know what happens when I'm around men like you. That's why. That's why yeah. I read this stuff. Yeah. Self for real preparation, self preparation is what it is. Um, but hi, Stranglers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Facebook at Perfect Stranglers, a true crime podcast, Instagram at Perfect underscore Stranglers, Twitter at Per Stranglers. And you know what? Tell your friends about us. Go ahead and share our profiles with your friends and have them follow us and have them listen. What better way to promote your favorite true crime podcast than to tell your fucking friends? I'm sure they would love to hear us. And if not, you know what? You don't get to make that decision for them. Hand us over. Have them talk or have them listen. I'm sure they'll love it. Also, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It is the gift that truly keeps on giving every Thursday. Um, give us a five star rating on Spotify because you can do that now. And I know that 56% of you listen on Spotify. So go ahead and do that. Um, on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. Tell us, you know, your favorite ice cream flavor in January. Do you eat ice cream in January? We would love to hear it. Let us know in that rating section because every time you give us a rating, it boosts us up in the algorithm and more people who like this genre of podcast get to know about us. Um, finally, send us an email, contact at perfectstranglers.com if you have any spooky stories, true crime stories, or you just want to say, hi, this is a case I think you should do. Let us know um, in an email or DM us. Drop us a line. Bree, back to you in the studio. All right. So today, mm -hmm. uh, it took me a while to be able to actually do this case. Because, like, sometimes I, like, get into a case and I'm like, damn, this is way too dark. I can't do this right now. Yeah, you don't do a lot or, of like, dark ones. Yeah, like, not anymore. I just yeah. got, like, I don't, yeah, no, I was going to say burnt out on it. But, yeah, it is. I was, like, really burnt out on it. It's just, like, so much depressing stuff. Like, mm -hmm. just consuming true crime, like every day all day like it's just it gets exhausting absolutely 
Um, yep. So this one I had to sit on for a while. Okay. Um, because it's pretty, eh, you know, it's pretty gruesome. What? What? Okay. I'm, so, I'm excited. Okay, so this happened in 2016. Ooh, so that's recent, yo. It's recent, yeah. So, um, this one is about somebody named Joel Guy Jr. The family's last name is Guy, so just a yeah. bunch of guys. A bunch of guys and, around here. Yeah. So, um, this takes place in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm. Uh, so Joel Guy Sr., the father, he, um, and his first wife, uh, I don't know her name. They got married and divorced and remarried again and then divorced again. Jesus Christ. And out of, yeah. <laughs> and out of this marriage and divorce and marriage again, they had three daughters. They had a set of twins, um, both daughters and um, another daughter. And after this, uh, Joel Guy Sr. married a woman named Lisa. Lisa was an amazing stepmother to the three girls, and they looked up to her, they felt safe and happy that they had a two-parent home at their dad's house. And they also received a little brother, who was their half-brother, um, Joel Guy Jr., the baby of the family. Uh, Joel Jr. was a smart kid who attended a school for gifted children. And as Joel grew up, he continued to be supported by his parents into his 20s. Um, he had been attending college um, at LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with dreams of being a plastic surgeon. And as a 28-year-old man, he was still being fully supported by his parents. They paid for his apartment, his car, his insurance, his cell phone. And Lisa, his mom, her entire paycheck would go to supporting Joel Jr. Excuse me? Yeah. Um, In the words of every boomer ever, must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must be. And so um, Joel Guy Sr., when he got laid off from his pipeline engineering job at age 65, he decided he may just as well retire. So he laid so pipe? So he and Lisa... <laughs> he engineered <laughs> where the pipe was to be laid. <laughs> And so, oh my gosh. I told you, I am not okay this morning. Okay, keep going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So he and Lisa ran the numbers down to the amount of beers they drink, the amount of cigarettes they smoke, and they figured out that they could afford for Lisa to also retire too and they could start the next next stage of their life as retirees and they were planning to sell their house in Knoxville and move uh, to a town 90 miles away to live in Joel Sr.'s mother's mountain home in Surgoinsville which she had recently died and he had inherited this I believe it was his childhood home um, and that's where they were going to retire uh, up in the mountains. And this would only be possible if they stopped supporting their grown-ass son, Joel Guy Jr. Mm -hmm. So 
Joel Sr. and Lisa talk to their older daughters about um, their retirement plan and their plan to financially cut off Joel Jr. And the daughters agreed that it was past time that they pushed him out of the nest for him to make it on his own. Yeah. Um, they would give him ample time to figure things out after they broke the news to him and they would be cutting him off after Christmas um, of that year. The parents um, never talked to the daughters again about how that conversation with Joel Jr. went. Um, but on And on Thanksgiving, the family was surprised to see Joel Jr. at Thanksgiving and arriving early. Uh, normally, whether he, was, he, he, whether he still lived at home or whether he was just coming home from school to visit, um, he would usually like isolate himself in his room on holidays and not come out and engage with the rest of the family. He'd be in his room on the computer. And, um, but this year, um, Joel's sister, I, I think it was the oldest sister, and I don't remember her name, but she was surprised to see Joel in a rare mood where he was outgoing and played with her kids and gave him some of his old Beanie Babies. Um, even though she was pretty sure that Joel Jr. didn't even know the names of his nieces and nephews. Um, That's... Yeah, okay. he was that. Okay. Yeah, he was that, like, disengaged from the family. Yeah. So, um, that would be their last holiday that they the family spent together. Um, okay. Because the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Joel Jr. Starting, started to put into motion a plan that he had been orchestrating for weeks. So that morning, um, the mom, Lisa, went to Walmart to buy some groceries. And while she was there, Joel Jr. attacked Joel Guy Sr. and stabbed him at least 40 times in oh. the upper bedroom of the house. He was dead before um, Lisa got back from home from Walmart. Mm -hmm. uh, when she got home, she started bringing in the groceries and setting them in the entryway of the house. Uh, and before she started putting them away, um, she went upstairs to see where everyone was. And to her horror, she was met with the horrific sight of blood and struggle upstairs. And she too was attacked by Joel Jr. and stabbed at least 30 times. Uh, the next parts of the plan are pretty gruesome, um, but it took a few days for anyone to notice. Mm -hmm. The week after Thanksgiving um, was supposed to be Lisa's last week of work before retirement. Um, when she was uh, late arriving for work on Monday, the supervisor, her supervisor, got concerned and because it was unlike Lisa to call, to not call, if she... Um, was going to be late, um, and she also had lunch plans with her co-workers. Since it was her last week at work, they had planned a special lunch for her that day, and the supervisor knew that Lisa would not just blow that off. She had a really great relationship with her co-workers, and she was really going to be missed from the job. Um, so Lisa's supervisor um, called the police to ask them to do a welfare check at the Guy household, and the cop who initially went out to the house found nothing of concern, but Lisa's supervisor would not accept that. She asked them to check again because she just knew that something was wrong. So the police department told her that they would see what they can do and they would call her back. So about a half hour later, they called her back and she spoke with um, an investigator mm -hmm. who agreed with her that something did sound wrong and he went to the house to look himself. 
when he got there, he saw, um, the first thing he saw was that the finish on the front doorknob didn't match the deadbolt above it. Okay. You know, normally they come in a set and they match. Mm-hmm. They didn't match. Okay. And, um, he found that odd, but not so much concerning. Yep. Um, also odd was the fact that the realtor key lockbox that would normally be on the front doorknob was missing because mm-hmm. they had been, you know, they were trying to sell their home to move to the other house for retirement. Um, they went, uh, the, the investigators went back uh, to the back of the house and they discovered that the back doorknob was completely gone. Like, it was, it was a door with a hole in it where the doorknob used to be. Oh. Um, it was, there was still, I mean, there was a deadbolt there yeah. too, so it was still closed and locked, but there was, like, you could see through it. Yeah. Um, so the door, the, the, through the hole in the door that was meant for the doorknob, the investigator looked through it and saw the Walmart bags with the groceries straight ahead um, you know, down, down the hallway, he could see straight from the back door through to the front door mm-hmm. and they were still sitting there in the entryway where Lisa had left them, um, days ago. And well, I mean, he didn't know it was days ago, but, um, and he also noticed, uh, a heat that he could feel, uh, and a chemical smell also emanating from the house from the doorknob hole Mm -hmm. and he felt that these were some red flags and there was good reason to gain entry to the house um, for a wellness check to potentially help someone who was incapacitated in the house or something so the investigator called the number on the sign for the realtor that was in the front yard of the house and he asked if the realtor had a key and she didn't have one other than the one that was supposed to be on the lockbox on the doorknob of the house. Yeah. She suggested maybe try and find a garage door opener, um, like, in inside one of the, the vehicles, if there was a vehicle in the driveway, which Lisa's car was in the driveway from when she drove home from Walmart, mm-hmm. and it was open because she had just been, like, taking groceries out. And... So they found the door, the garage door opener in there. They opened the garage and the door from the garage to the house was open. So that's how they gained entry to the house. So they're like going through, doing a sweep, saying like police, you know, whatever, making their presence known. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing they noticed inside, besides the chemical smell, was the heat in the house. The downstairs thermostat was set to 90 degrees. (sighs) And the upstairs thermostat was set to 95 degrees. Oh my God. When, yeah, when the police arrived, they walked into the kitchen uh, and they observed a large stock pot on the stove. The Mm -hmm. stove was on. Oh my God. The kitchen table. What? The stock pot was on the the whole time. Yeah. The stove was on. Yeah. Stock pot was on the stove. And I'm imagining it was like, it wasn't electric. It was gas. Um, I, I'm, pic- I'm picturing. You know I, that's, I should look again because they have pictures of it. I want to say I remember it being an electric stove, but I'm not okay. sure. That makes um, it a little bit better, but, anyways, but I was picturing gas. Yeah. 
Um, and so on the kitchen table, there was Lisa's purse, Joel mm-hmm. Sr.'s wallet, and there was a hammer also. Okay. And okay. they saw uh, on the floor, they saw gallons of bleach and like a huge thing of baking soda. And when they moved through the house, they saw spots of blood on the stairs, uh, on the carpet. And upstairs, they saw some blood. Um, once they got up there, yeah. they could hear the family dog named Jake howling from the laundry room that he had been locked in. Um, and once they got up to the exercise room, the first thing they saw was a pair of hands on the floor. These hands were not attached to a person, unfortunately. <gasps> So, the officers backed out of the house, and they called it in as a homicide crime scene. And when they started to process the homicide crime scene, they found piles of clothing in the upstairs bedrooms that had been cut off of Lisa and Joel Sr. There were spots of blood in the bed. There was a big spot of blood in the corner of the exercise room where the severed hands had been found, Mm -hmm. which belonged to Joel Sr., by the way. Okay. And, yeah, getting a picture. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> then in in the master bathroom, they discovered the bodies. Ugh. They had been submerged in a mixture of water and drain cleaner in huge Rubbermaid totes. Oh, Like the my big God. old totes that you store your Christmas decorations in. Yeah. They were each in one. In water and, like, Drano mixture. The, the smell. Yeah. A garden hose had been attached to the shower head, no doubt to help fill those totes. Mm-hmm. And a large kitchen knife was found in the sink. Um, the state of the bodies was absolutely gruesome. Joel Guy Sr. had been dismembered. His arms were cut off at the shoulder. Legs were cut off at the hip and hands of course, had been cut from his arms. Lisa had been also dismembered and disarticulated, which means that the bones had been severed at the joints rather than hacked off. Mm-hmm. Um, her arms were disarticulated and her legs were disarticulated at the knee rather than the hip like Joel Sr. Also, her head was severed and broken off with force mm-hmm. and her head was in the stock pot that was simmering on the stove. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I'm laughing. I know it's not funny, but it's how I cope. That's why we do this podcast. Um, oh my God. Few thoughts. One, it's been a very long time since I have been shocked. Because I'm usually doing these cases, so I'm the one shocking you. It's, yeah. I enjoy being shocked right now. Two, so he didn't hack off her head. He broke it off. Broke it off. Yeah. The amount of strength, anger, adrenaline that that would take. Yep. Also, the time. Um, it they in court they were saying that it would have taken him hours to yes. do all this. Absolutely. Yes. Jesus, criminy. Um. Was it so it was boiling in water? Yep. For for a long time. Yep. 
<sighs> still had hair and everything <sighs> like that. <laughs> okay. Yep. And now, I don't know how much liquid was left. I don't know how... He would have kept adding it because it would evaporate, you know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. If it was on... I, and I don't know. I can't remember what setting the stove was. If it was just, like, on a simmer or what. But, yuck. Really gross. So, besides the stab cuts that were inflicted on them to kill them, there was also cuts made after death in order to, like help get the liquid that filled the totes into their bodies faster to decompose them faster. And in the room that Joel Jr. had been staying in during Thanksgiving break, they mm-hmm. found a backpack with a bunch of books in it that um, marked on the inside cover um, was the name Joel Guy Jr. So they kind of assumed that it was Joel Jr.'s backpack. And also he, there was a notebook in there with handwritten yep. notes that seemed to lay out an entire plan for Joel Jr. to acquire all of his parents' um, like retirement money and inheritance and stuff like that so he yep. could continue his no-work lifestyle. Um, wow. I'm going to read off some of the contents of this notebook Okay. for you. It's very mm, graphic and matter-of-fact. Go for it. Ready for it. All right, there's, okay, there's, like, to-do list, there's, like, notes, it's, there's, it's very involved. Um, I, okay. I won't read it all, but there's a lot um, of photos online of it. So, okay. um, here's his kind of, like, initial brainstorming list, okay. Okay. These are, like, like, um, bullet points, like. One, two, three, kind of thing. Get knives. Killing knives. Quiet. Multiple. Get sledgehammer. Crush bones. Bring blender and food grinder. Grind meat. Get bleach. Denature proteins. Get plastic bin for denaturation process. Does not matter where they're killed. Just get rid of bloody spots to prevent evidence of time of death. Not the mattress or the couches. Get rid of bodies inside house. There and my DNA is already there. Um, open doggy door. He crossed this part out. Opened up doggy door to provide entryway. But he decided not to do that. Flush chunks down toilet, not garbage disposal. Like, <laughs> this is super gross. Um, place him in plastic bin and use it to get him into the upstairs bathroom. Cut off his arm and plant his flesh under her fingernails. Place her hand with his DNA so that his DNA is not washed away by the shower. Use sodium hydroxide to... Um, destroy his soft tissue and soften bones for transport. Based once every hour to accelerate. Flush sodium hydroxide down the toilet. Wash out bin with handheld shower head and direct handheld into toilet to flush anything out of the pipes and into the public waterway. What the fuck? 
my god. And then, like, he also had written down, like, how much they had in assets, his mm-hmm. plans to, you know, uh, like, like, what how much they owed still on the one house that they were trying to sell all that he like did all these calculations of like how much he was going to get um and then it it said like something like uh okay his assets includes all um joint property if missing when he gets all joint property also gets joint debt um let's see um Go to him if miss if all her other assets are joint. Go to him if missing, unknown if he's dead. Um, with him missing slash dead, I get the whole thing. Is what he wrote. Ugh. He he also had planned to kill the dog that was in here too, but then he crossed it out. Yeah. Um, the dog was fine. The dog ended up um just being locked in the in the um laundry room and it was thirsty um and hungry but it it was fine it ended up fine okay oh Uh, wow so that's one good thing yeah so yeah there's lots of pictures um there's more pages too of his notebook he doesn't have the greatest handwriting um but it was like his whole plan and i also think it's kind of funny that like like his his plan to his written out plan to like yeah. avoid hiding the evidence ended up being evidence evidence <laughs> yes that is very ironic <laughs> i i feel like th- so that happened with our bone breaker killer remember this kind of reminds yeah. me of our bone breaker killer where he wrote out exactly what he wanted to do he broke all of that poor boy's bones except for the boy obviously survived but um that kind of reminds me of that, only in a far more, like, graphic, grown-up way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so also there was a, um, a post-it note on the bedside uh, table that was planted there in order to set up the story that Joel Sr. had killed Lisa and then himself, or maybe that he just was missing. He yeah. just, like, took off. Um, um, or just that he had something to do with Lisa's murder or disappearance. Mm-hmm. Their post-it note read something like, Sprinkle our old dead ashes at Buzzard's Roost by Angela and tell all my children I love them as you should all know that I do do love you truly. I've had a blast. And it was signed Joel Guy Sr., but oddly it was dated 12-19-13, which I haven't quite figured out yet. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, also... The investigators, uh, at this point, they're like, okay, we're probably, we want to look at Joel Guy Jr. and see what he's doing. So, um, between the Knoxville police, mm-hmm. the FBI, and the um, Baton Rouge police, yeah, um, they all were, like, looking for him, but not, like, like, they didn't want him to know they were looking for him because they wanted to, like, track his movements and stuff like that. Yeah. So they located him in Baton Rouge. He had driven back to Baton Rouge. Oh, um, really? Okay. Why did he drive yeah. back? So after killing um, 
killing his parents and arranging their bodies to liquefy in the storage bins, he drove back to Louisiana to be seen at the um, student medical center at his school because he had cuts on his hands, likely due to the knife slipping either while stabbing his parents or cutting them up. Mm-hmm. He had gone to the Walmart in Tennessee after killing his parents um, to buy Band-Aids and Neosporin for his cuts, yeah. which was the same Walmart that his mom had was shopping at like hours before she came home to be killed. Um, but at some point he decided he needed medical attention for his wounds and he didn't want to be seen being treated in the same town that the murders happened in. Yep. So um, I guess he kind of stopped his whole plan to go get medical attention. Then he was planning to come back yeah. and finish everything up. Um, I mean, on the surface, smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, as investigators tracked Joel Jr.'s steps before the murders. Um, They came across security footage of him buying supplies uh, for his planned out murders. He used cash for the purchases and he used self-checkouts when he bought the two large storage totes from Walmart and also um, like the bleach drain cleaner baking soda that he bought. His Band-Aid run to Walmart after the murders was also captured on the security cameras. And um, he had, like, he set his mom's phone to, like, schedule a text to him. Um, So, like, he could message, or, like, he he would, he would text her back when he was in Louisiana. So it would look like he had been there the whole time, but he didn't realize how cell phones work and how, like, it pings to the nearest cell phone tower wherever you are. Mm-hmm. So, like, his phone tracked him being back in Tennessee, like, during the murder time and stuff like that. So, like, he thought that he was, like, creating this alibi, but, like, he didn't realize that, like, cell phone towers are going to track you. This is why you get a burner get a burner phone dude (laughs) well he was like very smart but just like like book smart yeah like common sense yeah 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 so like three days after the murder so the murders happened on november 26 um 2016 three days later on november 29th 2016, um, Joel Jr. was apprehended without incident in the parking lot of his apartment building in Louisiana, and in the trunk of his car, there was a KitchenAid mixer with the meat grinder attachment. (gasps) So, he was, which, that, actually, that, that was found, but it, that wasn't admissible in court as evidence, apparently, because it Mm -hmm. wasn't at the crime scene or anything like that, or something like that, but, like, Come on. Come on. You know, that what he was doing. It was in his whole plans. Exactly. Um, so, in the days after um, his parents' murders, he paid a large utility bill, and he tried to pay his rent $10,000 ahead, but they wouldn't take that much in advance. Um, so, that was, like, so that was after his parents were murdered. So, that's, like, another thing, like, which is stupid. It's, like, your parents are dead, but... They're also still spending money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, who's spending this? This doesn't help your alibi, kid. Exactly. Um, and how old was and he And in 28. Okay. Damn. And going to, like, 
graduate school or whatever. Yeah. Like, this was the, the LSU was the second college he'd been to. Like, he started somewhere else, I think. He was a smart um, kid. Like, damn. Yeah. Like, he went to, like, a smart kid boarding school. Yeah. When he was younger and stuff. Like, like they they gave this kid, like, all the advantages that they could. Like, they they loved this kid. Like, they had pictures of him, like, in their house. They saved his toys from when he was younger. Okay, well, I just like, looked up what he looks like. Did you just Google like. a picture of him? Yeah. Is it the picture where he has a big, huge, like, Quasimodo, like, lump on his face? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. Because he doesn't be, like, have he has, that. Like, a... Right, like, he has an infected tooth or something like that. He has to, because he doesn't have that in any of the other pictures. And yeah. I see That his... was, I think, when he was first apprehended. His trial was happening September 29th of 2020. Yeah. So this is COVID times. Wow, yep. there's the stock pot. Okay, yep, that is an electric burner. Yeah. So in the trial... Um, Joel Jr. appeared aloof and uncaring, mm -hmm. and he even smiled and smirked at times. Um, he pleaded not guilty to both murders, and like a truly crazy person, he filed a motion to serve as his own counsel and represent himself so that he could file a motion to receive the death penalty if he was found guilty. Wow. So this little brat wants to further control the situation by pleading not guilty. But then if he is found guilty, because he knows he is, mm -hmm. then he wants, he doesn't want to stick around in prison for life. Yeah. So just a brat. Um, the judge told him that he would let him argue that if he was found guilty, as long as he reinstated his lawyers. So also kind of funny was that the prosecutors then said that they had no plans to seek the death penalty even if convicted so that kind of screwed up that whole plan and joel jr's lawyers also i mean they didn't really have a clear defense for him um they kind of sucked as lawyers yeah. but when you have as much evidence against you as joel jr did it's kind of indefensible um I mean, there was the backpack with his notebook with the premeditations in it. Mm -hmm. Disposable gloves were found with Joel Jr.'s DNA on the inside of them. The security footage of him buying all the murder supplies. All that. So, in the end, um, the trial took only four days. Mm -hmm. And Joel Jr. was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Two consecutive life sentences. Um for the uh, two counts of first-degree premeditated murder, one count of felony murder for killing Lisa Guy while committing first-degree murder of Joel Guy Sr., and two, com two counts of felony murder while committing theft, which I tried to look up what that was about, the mm -hmm. theft part, but I couldn't find anything. Also, there was, like, abuse of a corpse in there somewhere, too. Um, and he was... Um, sentence, um, I think it was the sentencing, yeah, was on October 2nd, 2020, so this was fairly recent. Yeah, very um, recent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I had to digest that one for a while. That was a lot. Yeah, that gruesome. is, that is. Had, yeah. 
the head in a stock pot part. Yeah. 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 That is, uh, holy shit. And you know what? Google pictures of this guy and you'll go, you'll go. Yeah. He seems like he would put a head in the stock pot. Yeah. Also, as I was doing this, I was thinking like, you know, what if he had finished school to be a plastic surgeon? Oh, yes. I forgot he was going to be that guy. I would not trust that guy with anything on me regarding like anything. If I were to. You're going under anesthesia and going to be unconscious and that and you're trusting that guy. Sorry, Dion. Nope. Hard pass. Could you imagine how creepy, like, okay, I'm thinking of a girl, a woman walks in, she wants to get breast reduction, implants, whatever it may be for whatever reason. Showing that guy your tits and be like, hey, fix these basically. Nope. Nope. Hard pass. Hard pass. I hate to judge, but I'm going to judge. He looks like a creep. It's his eyes. Yeah. It's his eyes. Yep. For sure. It looks terrifying. They're bugged out. Mm-hmm. And crooked. Very crooked. I feel like the the parents, like... I, th- I feel like they just, like, felt like they invested so much into him. Mm-hmm. That, like, they just didn't want to... I don't know. Like, they were trying... They, they knew he was smart, and they were, like, trying to give him every, like, opportunity that they could to, like, help him succeed and, like reach his potential yep and i feel like like they just i don't know they just they just didn't stop babying him because he like couldn't do it on he couldn't do stuff on his own mm-hmm. um and like they felt bad about like i don't know what? How, like, like maybe what? they felt like they they failed him in some ways or something or like I don't know. Yeah. But they they certainly invested a lot of money and effort into this child. They absolutely did. He looks crazy, and I'm looking at. He definitely looks like the black sheep of the family. Looking at like his sisters and stuff. Ew, his hair is really long in this picture. Hi, Miko. His hair is really long in this picture. Mm, he looks like a creep. He, you know what he looks like? You know how some people have faces that belong in different eras? Mm-hmm. His face belongs in, like, the 1600s. Like, peasants and stuff? Like, yes. medieval? He looks like he would be, like, a, a gesture or something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Doesn't he? He looks like he'd be a jester. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And then the sisters had to be there. I'm looking at, like, the trial and stuff right now. Yikes. Wow, Brie. Wow. I liked it. I liked this case. I know it's gruesome. I know it was rough. I'm glad you did it because I liked it. I liked being shocked selfishly. Yeah. This took me, like, a few months to, like, be able to write this up. Yeah. Like, to go back to it. And, like, yeah. Well worth the wait, if I do say so myself. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Okay, guys. 
that was wild. Let us know. Let us know what you think on the social means. Give us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and let us know what you think of this episode and, um, you know, whatever else you want to say. But make sure it's five stars. Thank you very much. Um, anything else, Brie, to say <laughs> to the lovely listeners? Um, no, you know, just uh, keep on keeping on. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Grab us a line. On, keep on keeping on. Also, a uh, little little teaser for you. I think I'm going to be doing a heavy hitter coming up here. Okay. Okay. I'm cool. thinking of it. Other than that, guys, like Bree said, keep on keeping on, and we'll chat with you next Thursday. All right. Bye, everyone.